Welcome to Oops, I'm a Parent, sponsored by Mason Aces. Mason Aces is here for all of the parents' needs. If you're in need of childcare, if you're in need of a nanny service, if you're in need of tutoring for your littles, or even a little parenting coaching to be a more effective parent in this crazy world that we live in, Mason Aces has your back. Check us out at www.masonaces.com or even follow us on Instagram at Mason Aces Inc. or on Facebook. Today, we have Aaron Valdez on. Um, we've known each other for such a long time, and I'm just glad that he's able to be on. Aaron, give us a little background about yourself. Introduce yourself to us. All right. Thank you for having me on, Phil. I'm excited to be here. I can't wait to get started, um, get the back and forth going, just like we did on my podcast. <laughs> um, so uh, we've known each other for uh, going back in real estate, Ooh, before the crash, before 07, door knocking. I was just talking to the family. We, we almost got arrested. Don't knock in, a, in West Covina one night. We but. sure did. <laughs> but, yeah, that's how long I've known her um, most recently. Um, I graduated my bachelor's degree in uh, uh, behavioral science, and now I'm going to my master's in um, clinical psychology to be a licensed marriage and family therapist. What? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> I love it. So... Are you married? Do you have kids? If you do, how many? I already know the answer, but yeah, tell yeah. us. Uh, four beautiful children, uh, two grandchildren. Let me tell you something. Grandchildren are so much different. I mean, I don't want to say I love them more, but it's man, <laughs> it's hard as I don't, something about them. I don't something about them. Some grandchildren. If you know, if you have them, you know, you know. Uh, I've been married for twenty six years. Had a recent uh, separation. Uh, Went through some growth, some spiritual growth, some emotional growth. Just, I've just grown over the past few years, and it's been beautiful and wonderful, and I want to share that with you. And whatever I can add to Fallon's podcast and for her listeners, um, I'm ready to go. I love it. So we're going to jump right in because you're the first male that I've had on the podcast, and I feel that it's very necessary to have a male's perspective. I've had a lot of women, which is great. You know, I totally love it, but we need that male perspective. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I want you just to give it to us nice, raw, yeah. uh-huh. don't like sugarcoat nothing. Nice and easy, though. Nice and easy. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna... <laughs> well, you know, some people just can't, you know, they can't take it raw, but <laughs> it is what it is. It. Understood. <laughs> so first question coming in. Um, did you have a good relationship with both your parents, or were you closer to one? I was definitely closer to my father. <sighs> a good relationship? No. Looking back, no. Um, my parents divorced when I was one years old. Um, they did their thing. They were 19 and 20 years old, so <laughs> they were not ready to be parents. Like most of our, I guess, the culture that we grew up in, you get married young, and you have kids, and you stay together through whatever. And but they just stay together. So I was I was left with my grandparents, and 
which was a safe place for me to be. But as I grew older, I was longing as a kid to be with my parents. And my dad really, he had custody of me, but he wasn't a full-time father because he was out doing his thing and he had his own issues and stuff. So good relationship? No. No, absolutely not. And then that's where I think all of our, most of our issues, my issues or people's issues come from is their models of behavior that they've grown up with and or lack of there of a male figure, of a, of a true female figure, and what the mother brings to the table. And you can't replace a father and a mother. I'm sorry, you can't do it. You know, I know, and, and props to them, women raise kids on their own, and, and, and man, I'm such big fans of single moms. And I got to say single dads, but single moms have this, just some superpower that they wake up every day and go through it and get it done and come home and do it again the next day, and it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't say I had a good relationship with my parents. So with that being said, you were with your dad's parents. Yes. Okay. So mm-hmm. those were, so they technically raised you. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. So did you have a good relationship with your grandfather and your grandmother? Like, were you really close to your grandfather? No, my grandfather was, uh, he wasn't emotionally available to anybody really. My grand, they were, they, they were a 1950s couple. They had six children. Um, their kids came back to them and my cousins lived with us. So they're like raising kids again. And it was just not a model of healthy behavior in that household. Um, but that's all I knew. That is all I knew. I knew my grandmother loved me. Um, they both believe in discipline with the belt and the, whatever was the closest to them. You know, the snatching, snatching whip. Yeah, whatever was around her she would she would whoop you with but that's what we that's what we that's how we grew up and I'm most of us you know grew up that way and that's mm-hmm. that was normal to us um they they had a roof over my head and my grandma made wonderful food she cleaned her clothes typical housewife in the 50s yep. that's stereotypical my grandfather went to work my grandmother took care of the home and I looking back I mean that's the best they could have done at that time you know mm-hmm yeah, given the time period. Yeah, the time period and their economic situation, their social situation. Um, there were also Jehovah's Witnesses, so I grew up in that religion, and that was a whole different dynamic added to that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was it was a quite different <laughs> childhood than my friends my friends were experiencing because it was just a big family and a lot of a lot of issues that stem that stood with me till adulthood. Yeah. And well, yeah, it normally does, you know, especially when certain things are like totally ingrained in you. And then, you know, when you grow up with that, it definitely plays a role, like in who you become. And then it trickles to when you become, you know, an adult and when you start to have kids and all of that stuff. So since you feel that you didn't have a good role model, um, tell me how that affected you being a father. First, tell me what age you were when you first got married and had your first child. So I continued the cycle of young parenthood. I was 21 when I had Jordan Ray. And then quick side note, he, again, he continued the cycle. He was 21 also when he had his kid. But we'll go back. Um, My grandfather and grandparents were young. Mm -hmm. They were, I think my grandfather was 22. My grandmother was 18. Um, And my father was 19 years old when he had me. Or 20 years old, I'm sorry, 20 years old. Um, 
So that was the model that we had to growing up with. Okay. Now I'm gonna say the lot model of behavior because that's the behavior that we take with us and we we take it and run with it and that's we, we look back and say, Oh, well, this is how it should be because it's been modeled for me in my life and I haven't seen anybody any other influences. Um so yeah, that's 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 the cycle of of uh of just the, the young adulthood which which it, it really it really crippled me because and it, it showed up later in my relationship because I didn't know nothing else. I didn't, I didn't have a, t- a chance to develop through the years without children. Yeah. And that completely, I saw my grandfather, how to be a father, and I saw my dad not really showing me how to be a father. You know, and I, so I, today I say to myself, what is a father? I mean, you're bringing your own, your own, Trauma and your, what you've been through as a, as a child. And all I knew was whooping that ass for my kids. They did, they did, something, <laughs> they did something wrong. They got the belt. They got my hand on the, behind their back. They got their ear pulled like I did. They got, And that's abuse today. Yeah. I mean, you know, as I've been studying these, these uh, psychology and behavioral um, analysis, and that's, that's just abuse, man. And, but that's all I knew. Yeah. So that was a father to me. That role model was that's how you were a father, and you were mean, and you came home, and you wanted this, you wanted that. You walked around the house with the puffing and puffing, and that's not a father, but that's what I saw, and that's how I carried in for, man, I think the last 20 years, you know, until I started calming down, and situations happened with my kids and, and my daughter, and why are you yelling so much, Dad? And all I know was my whole house was yelling at each other. That's how we talked. Yeah. We we just give me, you know, just from room to room and yelling. It didn't scare me. It didn't, you know, we grew up in a neighborhood where there was East Los Angeles where there were fights and killings and shootings and and noise every night. So those yelling didn't didn't affect me, but it did affect my kids. Okay. Yeah. Which makes sense, you know. Again, time periods, you know. Different things that evolve. Yeah. So how did, <clears throat> so do you feel that you had a good relationship with your kids? Tell us how many, you say you have four. Yes. Is it four boys, four girls? Is it four, three boys, one girl? Give us the dynamic. I have uh, four children, so three boys and one girl. Um, and my first boy, man, he got it bad. He got the brunt of all that I grew up with and all my role models and, and the the bullying, really, and the intimidation that I dealt with and thought it was, well, that's how you get things done. You know, that's how you look at, that's how you treat your children. You know, you they step in line, you whoop their ass, uh, you know, you make sure that they know you're in charge, um, and it's a really quick no or attitude, watch your attitude and the way you talk to me and res- respect was demanded. It wasn't earned with me mm-hmm. because that's, you just respected your elders because that's, there were your elders, and that's no matter no matter if they were drunk or a heroin addict or if they abused their wife or it didn't matter. You they were your uncle. Them. They were your, that's your grandfather, your uncle, your your tío. I don't doesn't care. I don't care what you, they did. They've done that. You show respect. And that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's definitely tough. Cause yes, I mean we're around the same age, and so it's like yeah, definitely when you see certain things going on and just like, like why do I need to respect them when they're a certain type of way, you know? But then again, it was like, 
yes, there was consequences to not respecting certain things oh. in that time mm. period. Yeah. One thousand percent. Yeah, a backhand or I remember getting slapped multiple times just for raising my voice, you know, and then if you raise your voice to the queen, which is my grandmother, you know, that her sons would my uncles would, you know, slap me or push me or, or kick me or hey, watch your mouth. Who do you think you are? All those what's wrong with you? All those all those things that are damaging, but you don't really know it. You don't know you're it. receiving it. Yeah. But it gets ingrained in you and then you I carried that to my children. And I did this, sad to say, I did the same thing to them. Mm-hmm. Again, my, my first son, he got the worst of it. Yeah. He was just, I mean, I pulled his ear all the time and yelled at him in his face and, and, uh, and shoved him and pulled and sat him down. And then my second son, he kind of got some of it. He remembers mm-hmm. um, when my daughter came in, that, I don't know what happened, that changed. And my wife stood up for her too because she was raised totally different. She was raised, you don't touch kids, you talk to them. But I was just overpowering. I, was, I mean, I mean, I'm intimidated. You know, some people say I'm intimidated. I don't know, but I'm, you know, six <laughs> two and this big old deep voice and big old hands coming at you. And, but yeah, it was. Um, and then my youngest boy, twelve year old, he did not get any of it because that, that when he came in, I was like starting to realize the damage I was doing to the kids because they wait, when dad came home, it was like everyone's walking on eggshells. He's getting good news, he's getting bad news, and that's how my grandfather came home, and my uncles came home. So that was, it's, it's, it's wild to me that it's just in your, part of your being, unless you realize, take a step, pause, and realize, hey, we need to change this behavior because it's not effective at getting, at, at instilling self-respect, yeah. self-worth, self-love. You're taking that away from them. Yeah. You're not empowering them. Yeah to be who they want to be, to yep. voice their opinion. You're shutting them down. And it's the, it's the macho-ness and the respect that, I guess, from generation to generation that was just given. It was a different time, but respect is earned, and you need to treat people with love. And, again, I'm a whole different person today, but that, that was, to, to your point, to your question, it did affect my children, and we're still dealing with it today. Okay. So do they, I'm sure you guys have spoken like about like, you know, past issues and stuff that took place back in the day. Did you guys, have you guys talked about all of that? We have talked about some of it, not all of it. Um, There were times we had meetings, family meetings, and my kids would just lay this on me, man. I'm like, I didn't, whoa, I had to step back and say, wait, whoa, is this me? Is this who I become? Is this who I am? And it was rough to hear that from your kids, to, to hear that, Dad, you're hurting me. You know, and have them break down and cry and to see my daughter cry. And I don't know what it is. When your daughter cries, it's more powerful than when your boy cries. Yeah. When your daughter just looks at you and those tears start rolling down your, her face and like, oh, no, no, this, this, something has to change here. It's going to change. It's going to change, and it, it, it did change, um, and we have a much better relationship now, but I know there's still more we didn't talk about, and there's still things that my son's going through now, currently, with his girlfriend, that I see I see myself in him, and it's scary, and it's, it's not healthy. Wow. Yeah. Have you spoke to your son about that? I have. I have spoke to him, especially in this season of my life where I'm 
just in, uh, engrossed and and full of all this knowledge I have about how to be how to, how to have healthy relationships. Yeah, I try to pass that on to him and be tactful, and sometimes I'm a little more forceful with my words, and because I see him going down this road, Felon, I'm like, stop. No one told me. No, I tell him all the time. No one was there for me to tell to say, hey, stop. What are you doing? So I'm gonna be here for you. Say, hey, what are you doing? This is what you're doing now. This is what's going how it's gonna turn out. Yeah, it's not it's not good. It's not good. But again, you can't force people to. Yeah, you can't force people to change. <sighs> you can't, and they they like our older mentors say, are they going away from pain or what was it? Is it pain or is it joy? Uh, Neil Schwartz used to tell us all the time. You know, yep. People only change when they you know is it pain or pleasure? Pain or pleasure? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he said that all the time. All the time. Yeah, just, yeah. And it's the truth, though. It's the truth. And, you know, it's like you can always give advice. And, you know, sometimes it's hard when you're dealing with your kids because we know. Sometimes they think like, oh, you don't know. You don't understand because you're a certain age. And they don't understand that you don't need to go through everything in life. (laughs) You know, like you don't have to bump your head with everything to, you know, to to go through that hurdle. Yeah. Like you can get you can work around it. But sometimes kids do need to learn the hard way. You know, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, they do. They do. And and another thing that Neil taught me is we all need a coach. Yes. Of some kind. Yep. We need a coach to guide you through life. And most of the time, those are your parents. My parents didn't do that for me. My grandparents didn't do that for me. But I'm sure going to do it for my kids because everyone needs a coach. And don't think that tough times ain't going to come your way. Mm-hmm. Hard times gonna come your way. The devil's out there prowling for you. Oh, he's definitely. Just, he's waiting to, to get a little crack in the door, just to squeeze in. You know, he's he may not be attacking you now. I tell my son, he's 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 out there. He's out down the street, <laughs> just waiting to drive by. Oh, was that Jordan? Okay, yeah. Second dude in the day. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, he got a dog with it. All right, well, well, we'll come back later. But he no, he don't go away. Never he's does. out there. He may not be attacking you now, but he, he he's looking after he's looking at you. Oh, yeah. definitely, definitely. He's waiting for that little you know, crack in the you know for your foundation to that time when you're weakest and you, know, you can be tempted. He's out there. Oh yeah, and there's so much in the world today. There's so much more at our disposal today than there was, you know, just two decades ago. Absolutely. You know, and it's um, it's 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 scary to an extent you know when it's <laughs> the stuff that's just readily available that can literally screw your life up mm-hmm. you know like how when i was on your podcast when we were talking about that like there's just so much crap in the media yeah. and if you're not careful you can easily screw yourself yeah and it's just a hot mess and as parents i think it's my responsibility our responsibility to monitor i don't care how much my son my 12 year old says oh you know he gets mad at me or storms off, storms off or or slams the door or whatever he's doing. I don't care. I don't care. You're not going to watch that. You're not going to sit from the TV all day. You're not going to, you're going to be active. There's a plan for your life. And I, and I know how it goes. I know what can be most, uh, can be really healthy for you and can get you to, to a, a level of success we need to be. So I'm going to stay on it. You, and, and I think a lot of parents, my fourth child. So you see the last child or you give up or you do a little looser. No. I don't believe that. I, I, I believe I owe it to him because I love him so much. And God's love show, has shown us how to love. And so I'm going to give that to my kids and show him and stay on it. Because 
man, I mean, at a press of a button, you got porn, you got this, you got whatever yeah. you want, really. Whatever yeah, you want. it is. Whatever, everything is at your disposal. Whatever you want. I yeah. Mean, it's, it's, it's insane. So I monitor, and it's hard. In a two-parent home, it's still hard to monitor because we both work. Mm-hmm. He's got to go to the teen center once in a while after school. He has his, we need him to have his phone because I need to contact him yeah. to pick him up. So he has access to that. But um, um, we have the codes and all that to his phone, and he hasn't, we haven't commented nothing yet. But there's still going to be a time where he's alone. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. And you got to just be on it. You got, you know, and, and, and I can't even imagine single mom or single dads out there just doing this alone with how exhausted we get exhausted too. We come home from work and, you know, you know how it is to be an mm-hmm. entrepreneur and, and being trying to accomplish your goals. It's, uh, it's tough, you know, it's yeah. tough to, to manage that, but you got to do it. Oh yeah. It's, it's always a managing game. Because especially when you have kids, you know, because it's like you need your time, mm-hmm. plus you have to work, then right. you have to pour into your kids. Yes. And then when you have, and I mean, now your kids are older, you know, you mm-hmm. have older kids, but they never go away. I yeah. still call my mom all the time. Like I still, mom, I need this, mom, yeah. I need that, mom, mm-hmm. I need advice, you know, like they never go away. Yeah. So it's like, you still have to always pour mm-hmm. into your kids in some way, in, mm-hmm. you know, some, some way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the problems get... They turn into adult problems. I just posted this on Facebook the other day that we, we took a family picture session, photo session, and we got the pictures back and did the mixed house thing and sent our Christmas cards out. I'm looking at this picture, and I'm like, I'm still giving advice. I'm still directing. I'm still trying to lean them towards this way. I'm still trying to save them from pain or trying to uh, put something, plant a seed in their mind to go this way and with motivational stuff and stuff I've been through. It's just a different set of issues. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're younger, it's about, you know, um, again, social media or getting bullied or bad grades. Or, my 27-year-old is going through some things right now. It's, it's, it's affecting the entire family because it's between him and his girlfriend. And then there's two my two grandkids. And she's calling my wife. And she's calling me. She's calling the brother. It's a mess. And, I'm, and, and who's else, who else is going to be there for you except your mom and dad? Yeah. You know, like you said, they never go away. Just a different, sometimes bigger set of problems that you uh-huh. can help them with. Yeah, because now it's adult to adult. Now it's adult yeah. to adult. And then these are major life decisions happening. Yeah. And maybe they don't realize it, but, yeah, you never have, you never have a downtime as a parent. I'm, we always get a phone call or a text. We got four. So, <laughs> you know it's a saying? lot of phone calls. A lot of phone calls, a lot of texts, a lot of, you know, attitudes, a lot of this, a lot of pushback and dad no or mom this and so yeah it's uh it's like i said it never goes away <laughs> it never goes away yeah, yeah. but that's okay yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I, got, I got it i got it <laughs> so what advice would you give like moms and dads especially now you you know going for your master's to mm-hmm. be you know a licensed therapist you know for marriage and for family what would you tell them like do you feel like parents need to prepare like give us some advice the first thing I would say is work on yourself. See, go back and do some work in your and look at your worldview, look at your attitudes, look at your your beliefs, look at your models of behavior that are impacting your life right now. And because all that comes out towards your kids, towards your sister, your brother, your mom, dad, in your relationships, 
throughout your life. So if you have a bad relationship with somebody or you're getting offended easily or you, you say things sarcastically or you, it's you. Start there. It's always you. There's a quote that says, or someone said, draw a circle around yourself and start with that person. Yep. Because if you don't know what you're doing wrong, you're not going to fix it. If you can admit to yourself that you, you're a human being and you make errors and you, you know, need some help, you're going to continue the old patterns. And old patterns are what destroy people through generations. Agreed. So you need to stop, take a look at yourself, first of all. And then make changes. Do the work. You know, I make changes, but it's still there. I mean, things come up like an addict. You know, I got to do things in my everyday that remind myself of this and that and this and that. But I still have those tendencies. Yeah. You know, they're still there. It's still, it's still part of me, but, but I recognize them now. And I have strategies and techniques to overcome those. And the Bible and God's word and prayer, all these weapons I have against them. Yeah. That I didn't have before. Yeah. Build up. Those weapons, know the strategies, know where it's coming from. If you're feeling some anxiety or some depression or um, some angst, understand that those are emotions and maybe because your child, maybe because your trauma, you're treating this person like this or maybe they remind you of something or start with yourself, do the work and never give up. I have a shirt, I have two shirts that says love never gives up. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know? And if it did, then it wasn't true love then. Exactly. Take that. Exactly. The pause. <laughs> there you go. I just said that. Uh-huh. Yep. Pause. Uh-huh. Think about that one yeah, for a yeah. second. Because love, that definition of love is everyone has a different one. But I have a friend right now who's going to leave his wife after so many years. I'm like, Dude, you don't want to get rich. Yeah, you don't want to work with it. No, I just, I'm just done. Like, no counseling, no nothing, no. Yeah. And then. He saw my shirt on, on on my channel, and he goes, I don't agree with that. I think love does give up. And I go, no, it don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I told, I, this old friend told him, dude, maybe it wasn't real love. I know you have a kid with her and this and that, but my definition of love comes from the Bible, from God's. That's true, pure love. And maybe it wasn't, you know? And I still wear that shirt, to, you know, he said, Hey, wear that shirt, man. Because like, just love don't give up. It doesn't. And you're right. And sometimes people, they, because of getting together so young, or again, when you're younger, what you want when you're younger is very different from when you get older. And when you're with someone so young, you have to be able to grow with that person. And when you can't grow with them, it, that's a whole other set of issues, yeah. too, by itself. And then that's a whole nother topic. You know, people just yeah. get together for the wrong reasons and it's yeah. just a hot mess. Yeah. There's, I know a lot of people that shouldn't be together, yeah. you know, and as soon as they got together, the issues, they were always there, but oh, it's just like, oh, I want to be married, you know? And it's just like, yo, there's so much more that comes to marriage than just having a wedding, yeah. you know? So, you know, I hope that people figure it out. Because it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, when you get married, that's supposed to be forever. That's not supposed to just be a one, you know, willy-nilly type deal. Like, oh, I'm tired of them now. I yeah. can just move on. Because yeah. it affects everything. I'm going to take it one more step. I'm going to bump that up. I'm going to double down. Marriage is a covenant. Mm-hmm. Let me say that word again. It's a covenant. That's that's, that's spiritual. That's a, a bond that just God, make, God has never broken his covenants with his people. No. And it's a covenant. People don't understand that. It's not... 
oh yeah, marriage, and we're going to plan the wedding, and we're going to plan the honeymoon, and we have 2.5 kids, and we're going to... <laughs> but are you, are, are you understanding it's the covenant? Are your marriage doors locked? Mm-hmm. Or is it, can I just kick it down easily? Yeah. Because you're not, if you don't, you don't trust them, you're not committed... It's never going to work. I can tell you, you didn't last. Yeah, it's never going to work because no. it's a big deal, you know? And again, I I wish people understood more of that, you know, yeah. especially when kids come involved because it's not their fault. They didn't ask to be here, right. you know? So yeah. it's like these parents definitely need to try to make the best of the situation. Yeah. Even if they're not together, you know, mm-hmm. don't don't have that messed up relationship mm-hmm. for your kids. Like, mm-hmm. please get along for the kids, yeah. you know? Yeah. At least Even, fake yeah. it. At least fake it in front of your children. Yeah. Something. Like, but I, I, yeah. I would advise people to try to have the best relationship and understand it's not about them. They need to think about their children because that's going to affect them heavily. And that's where that work, I'm saying that work comes in where mm-hmm. you have to be vulnerable. You have to be honest with yourself and say, I need, I need to work on myself. Because I guarantee you, the way you treat your husband, wife, sister, brother, that's how you're going to treat your kids. If you mm-hmm. don't change it. And then they're going to carry that. They're going to... Model of behavior. Uh-huh. You're going to carry that with them to their relationship. It's going to be a vicious cycle. And mm-hmm. I want to stop the cy- cycle. Stop the violence, y'all. <laughs> Just get out here. I'm, I'm, I'm going off a different thing. <laughs> no, seriously, though. Because you're right. Like, you have to look at yourself. Because people are constantly blaming. Mm-hmm. It's an excuse game. Oh, it's their fault. Oh, it's their fault. Mm-hmm. Oh, they did this to me. Mm-hmm. Well, what did you do? Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you that it takes two people oh, in a relationship. Uh-huh. You know, maybe it could have been caused. Maybe it started with one person, but you didn't. If you're not trying to contribute to, like, making it better, then it takes two people. So look at yourself. You know, there's good and there's Mm -hmm. always something good that you can gain from it. And then also look at the look at the mistakes so that, yeah, you can get better. Like how you said, it's you constantly have to look at yourself every single day. It's it's a full time job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And again, draw a circle around yourself. Start with that person. Mm-hmm. Start there, and I guarantee, I know it. I've been, I've, I, I'm living right now. My relationships in every way, friends, family, kids, wife, are better today than they were three years ago, two years ago. It's because I've did the work, and it was hard. It was hard to, to mm-hmm. look at yourself and, wow, you're, a, you're an asshole, huh? You're a jerk. You were mean. You were this. and You're right, I was. You know, it's, it's no excuses. I own it. You yeah, know, and I made the changes. That's that's what and you have, that comes with emotional maturity. Yes, which I didn't have. I wasn't taught how to. What is what emotional maturity? I don't know what that is. That's you want to go drinking? Is that what is that what it is? Or you want to go to the <laughs> hang out at the <laughs> at the party or emotional maturity? Look for some of that. Get some. It'll help you out so much. I agree. You know, and in well, just with statistics alone. <clears throat> they, you know, with statistics, they were saying that obviously kids do great with two parents or either with the father having custody. Mm. What do you feel about that? Oh, man, my father had custody. He fucked it all up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, I don't think it has anything to do with custody or I think it has, again, with the person and the maturity level. And my son right now, he had, He's he's going out and he's he's he doesn't want to be with her anymore, and I'm like, I get it because he he didn't have a chance to develop. Both of them didn't. They got they had they've been together eight years. They have two kids. They were uh, she was 19 and he was 21. I'm sorry, 20 21. Their development was stunted. Mm-hmm. They didn't get to to fully develop 
as a human being, and it takes it takes you well into your thirties to fully develop. But now they and at twenty they have kids and their responsibilities and they don't know how to handle that. What's a father? What's a what is a husband? Let's answer that question. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. But what is a husband? I mean, are you going to be a kingdom husband? Are you going to be what kind of world are you going to have? What how are you going to discipline? Are you going to do it based on your trauma and based on your experiences, your crisis, and what was done to you? So that those questions that what's a husband? What is a father? And if you don't have time to develop into those things, it's gonna, it's it's a mess. Right now, my son's really going through. They're, they're gonna they're gonna leave each other. It's it's pretty much over. But what my wife and I did was stuck it out through all our problems, which yeah. was even worse. And I don't want to be mean right now. I don't want to be insensitive. But I'm glad this happened to my son now, and not like me 26 years later. Yeah. All that time, I can't say it's wasted because I have four beautiful kids, but all that time or life could have been so much better, you know? So um, he's, he's going through some things right now. He's 27 years old. He just, he, he wants to be with his friends and go to get a better job and buy a home. And all these things that you should be doing on your own without kids and without all responsibility because that's a lot of responsibility at that age, man. It is. It's you a know? ton of responsibility. He pays all the bills. He he goes to work, and he his job is a union job, so he doesn't know if he's gonna have a job next month or two months. He has these two kids to worry about, a car. You know how it is. You know you know life. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Once like you become age. an adult, it's adulting, it's and adulting, you yeah. can't go back. Yeah. But uh, he's going through that right now, and I, and I pray for him and I give him advice. But if they decide to separate, I think it's the best thing for him because. So let's just talk about that. So she'll be a single mom, felon with no education, no job right now. She'll have to be. She'll be forced to move in with her parents again. So what does that say? That was all set up wrong because women, I gotta tell you, watch, look after yourself, and get set yourself up before you don't depend on another human being. I'm not gonna say it, man. Another human being. For your livelihood, for your yes. self worth, for your self love, for you can't. That's a that's a recipe for disaster. Agreed. And it's blowing up in my son's life right now with his girlfriend. They're not even married. He didn't want to marry her. Red flag right there. <laughs> that's definitely Come a on. red flag. He never wanted to marry her. Come on. Yeah, that's a big red <laughs> a big red flag. <laughs> and women, men will do what you allow them to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had no. to. I had to do my own sound effect. <laughs> We're the sound effects guy. All right, he's on break, he's on break right now. All right. <laughs> but yeah, we, now I told her. Her name's Amber. I've told her. Look, I love my son, but you're let you're allowing this to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have no job. You have no way of supporting yourself. You have no nothing. Nothing in your name. No investments. He has his own IRA, retire, all this stuff that I have him set up when he was younger. I said, you know what? Stop thinking about him and start getting your making your way now. Yeah. You know? You you get your life together. Yes. <laughs> get your life together. Get your self-respect. It's really about self-respect, self, all those things that you can't put, you cannot. 
have someone that have a man have that much control over you. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy. It's not. You should definitely, both people should always have their own lives. Like for sure. You know, it's, you guys are coming we together. We talked about this in my podcast. We yeah. sure did. You know, like having, having your own life and having your time apart is very important. You know, go hang out with your friends. You know, do other things. Like all of that stuff is so necessary for the relationship. And it's okay. Like mm-hmm. you don't need to be up underneath somebody all the time. Because mm-hmm. like how you said, you need to have your own self-worth. Like that brings, that adds to the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, like a lot of people are... Like how I said, they're lost in the sauce these days, like because of all this stuff in social media is like the number one killer mm-hmm. of relationships. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That that is a it's a minefield. There's temptation there. There's one account. Comments and pictures mm-hmm. and links and, you know, all these things that you can fall into. And I don't buy it when when men say, oh, I just I'm just commenting on her because she was, you know. She's a friend of mine, or she's this, or no, 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 you're not. No, you're not. You're commenting, hoping she comments back, and you get in her side in her DMs. So, mm-hmm. nah, I ain't playing that. No, it's it is a dangerous place for relationships. Um, I don't. I'm not about the whole couple together one account thing. I don't know. Again, you have your own accounts. Be responsible, and that shouldn't be a major part of your relationship. That should be. It really shouldn't be. That's for friends, and let's go back to friends and family. The Post for the grandkids and for the parents across the you know the East Coast and the West Coast. Social media, I don't think has a place in relationships. My I wife agree. isn't very active on it. I only post because of my business, and I I post family pics. Well, what I'm about now. Yeah. Family pics, kid pics, um, motivational quotes, and just experiences. Podcasts like this uh, will go up there, but that is a that is a dangerous place to be. It's got me in trouble. Yeah. A lot. Oh, I agree. I agree 1,000%. I don't even post my relationship. Like, it's rare. It may be, like, every (laughs) once in a blue moon that that's even posted, but I do not post my relationship. Um, If if you're close to me or you really know me, then you know what's going on in my life. And everybody else doesn't need to know. It's none of their business, you know? Like, and that's how, you know, we try to keep our relationship, like, together Mm -hmm. because, People, <laughs> it is, it can get you in trouble. It's got me in trouble just on little stuff, you know? And it's like, sometimes you don't even think about it. You don't even think about it because you're just, you know, you're just scrolling or whatever. And yeah. how you said, people pop up, people do something. You're like, oh, okay, why whatever. Heart, why you drop a heart there though? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Why, why not thumbs up? Why a heart? Exactly. And so it's like that little stuff. It will, <laughs> it will get you totally in trouble. Yeah. And so like for me, I just, you know, it's just, I've, you know, for me, I just feel like when a lot of people are trying to like <laughs> post certain things, it's because uh-huh. they're not just in my experience of yeah. what I've seen. Right. It's because there's not really like a happiness there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let me try to, you know, post all this crap on social media mm-hmm. for other people to think that my mm-hmm. life is a certain type of way. And I'm like, kudos to you. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, I, I don't care. Say, but uh, I'm going to keep my relationship off of the gram. Uh-huh. Okay. Because yeah. you don't need to be all involved in my business. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> No, I, I was king, fake account. Ooh, man, I was so fake. Ooh, <laughs> fake and posting church and posting, we're on vacation over here. Meanwhile, my whole life was falling apart. Mm-hmm. It was all fake. I was, I was a fake Christian. I was a fake uh, social media poster. All, you looked at that, oh, wow, they must be, the, they must be so happy. And my, my life was falling apart. Yeah. You know, it was all these things I was doing wrong and, Again, social media is 
don't tell me about your life on social media. You know, if I know you, you know me, I know what's going on. Exactly. You know? I'm the same way. You know yeah. me, you know what's up. Come on. <laughs> it's Come like, on, and if you don't, cool. You yeah. can you can live through my social media. That's totally over. That's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> no, I agree 1000%. So do you feel, based off what you were saying about like your son and like his girlfriend, can you please tell our listeners how important it is to plan prior? <laughs> oh my goodness! How long do we have? We have a okay. It's only forty five minutes. So okay, I thought I said an hour forty five minutes because I got some things right now. Okay. Let me drop my pre-marriage counseling. Wow, um, pre-relationship counseling, whatever you want to call it, yeah, has to take place. Look at listen, listen, men and women. You're two individuals with your trauma and your crisis and your models of behavior and <laughs> your, your uh, examples and, and your socioeconomic status and your beliefs and your worldview coming together to be one flesh and you don't want to talk about things for, for a minute? Like, how are, you gonna, how are we going to invest? How are we going to save? How are we going to raise kids? How are we going to split household chores how are you going to live as two people, two broken people coming together, still broke? So premarital counseling is a must. You got to talk through it. You might find something that you, oh, take, take a step back because I didn't know you, you know, you, you, know, you want to do that or you want to raise kids this way or you want to move to you know, Florida. I didn't, you know, three year, <laughs> what? I'm born and raised all that. I ain't going to Florida, you know. So <laughs> that comes up, you know, you got you to talk does. about things. You got to talk about those beliefs and, and, and just, you know, maybe you're a spender. Maybe I want to save, you know, maybe, you know, I drink and you don't drink. And that's going to be an issue because now we can go out and <sighs> how many friends do you have or how many, all kinds of, all kinds of stuff that, again, generations, though I was part of my own family, this is how it was. You met somebody, you got them pregnant. You got married, and you lived down the street from your grandma's house or your aunt and your cousins, and you hung out with your cousins, and they came to the family. The most important thing was, well, who's going to make the rice and beans for the party? <laughs> who's going to pitch in for the beer? Okay. You have any problem, problems at home? I don't want to hear that. No, we don't talk about that here. Keep that side under the rug. Take care of your homie home, and then let's, let's keep drinking tonight, okay? And then we'll talk about it later when we're all drunk. <laughs> <laughs> We're all drunk and it's a problem. <laughs> and that's when the fights break out. And yep. that's what, and we do it again next weekend. <laughs> mm, right back at Look, it. sleep that under the rug. Yeah, uh-huh. Forget about it. All right, let's move on. Yeah. But premarital, that was no part of our vocabulary. Um, now it's it's a must-have. You got to talk about things. And I mean, we're, John and I are still talking about things and finding things out about each other and views and and what we like and don't like, and it's the small things to the big things, and uh, just what well, Doctor calls it a Doctor Gottman calls it the love maps. How well do you know your partner? Mm-hmm. Their favorite movies, their favorite uh, what's going on with them at work, who's giving them a hard time at work. He has all these tests and, and conversation starts that are just create conversations so you know who you're getting married to. Yeah. It's very important. Man. This is you're going to be spending the rest of your life with this person. Well, that's the way it should be. And it's like, why would you want to be with someone that you don't know? That's scary. And like how you say, you're never going to know everything. You know, you're still going to learn things about each other as you get older and things mm-hmm. change. But it's like you need to know that person at their yeah. core, like their main core. Yeah. 
yeah. as to what's important to them, like basic stuff. Like I literally know people that don't even know like their mate's favorite color. Yeah. You know, like they don't, <laughs> it's like, the, to me, it's always the small stuff that matters. Yeah, it's never the absolutely. big stuff, absolutely. you know, not saying that the big stuff can't play a part, but the small things matter. What's my favorite flower? Yeah. What's my favorite alcohol? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you like, or my wine, like, uh -huh. you know, what is my favorite color? What's going to make me happy when I'm like yeah. on a thousand and I need to calm down, yep. you know, mm -hmm. like all those things that matter. Yeah. So. If you don't take care of the small things, they end up being the big things. Yes. So every day, take care of the small things. And there won't be no big things later. Because mm -hmm. you'll be paying attention to those little small things. When they flutter up, you have that. You, your love bank is full and you can talk to it and go through it. Oh, I don't know that. Or this and that. Yeah. So that's, you know, every day those small things, are they matter. Yeah, they do. So last question if you could do anything differently when it came to raising your kids, would you? Absolutely. And it starts with the covenant. <laughs> real slow when you're right there. All right. I, I would have I changed my attitude and, and realized that I'm entering into a covenant. Every, the door's locked. When times get hard, I get frustrated, I get lonely, I get depressed. I'm not leaving, and neither are you. There's no stepping out. Oh, well, he's he gained a few pounds, or or he's he gets he's going through a season where he's angry right now, or he he lost his job, or we roll together. Yeah, you know, bad boys for life. Bad boys you know? for life. <laughs> <laughs> we ride together. We die together. We die together. You know? That's right. That's it. I would change. I think if I change my attitude towards that. Everything else would have fell in place because I would have paid more attention. I would have, I would have taken it more seriously. I would have understood that you're in a covenant now. Nothing else matters except you, your wife, and your family. Focus on that. Focus on that because that's what you chose. What I did is I chose to enter into a marriage thinking it's going to be easy and I could just breeze through it because my uncles and everyone else, yeah, they just have a good time and go to parties and that's what it's about. I didn't know it was work. I didn't know that I had to, you know, listen to her and, and, and respect her, you know, and not take it for granted and show her appreciation every day and all those things that I do now. Watch the way you talk to her, you know. Make sure you, you're not defensive when you talk. Make sure... You don't have contempt in your voice. Serve her. Serve her first. If I would have understood that, man, I would have had a totally different life. It's not too late, though. I'm doing it now. That's right. And and we're stronger for it, but that's what I, that's what I would change. And I think that would have changed my whole attitude towards spending time at home. <laughs> I heard something the other day. You can't work on your marriage if you're not home. <laughs> that part <laughs> right? for real that's a real that's a real thing it's simple <laughs> but you, you can't work in marriage and going home and yep can't have those relationships with your kids no. if you're not home yep you don't see <laughs> dad well, I don't know what's, what's, what do you remember from dad he was never home that's it be home yep be present be present you chose it you chose her you asked her for her hand now, be a kingdom man and, and live up to God's plan. Yeah. Be in alignment with her. You create that alignment, 
and she will follow and appreciate your lead and respect you in the way God created marriage to be. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be perfect, you know, that, that's okay. Because yeah, because you love God's love, your love that he's given you, your, his faith, and all this stuff will work for you. But yeah, I mean, I didn't know I was entering into a coven. A coven. <laughs> Well, you know, with that said, I have one more question. All right. <laughs> Do you feel that people should get married young and have kids young in this generation, in this time? Absolutely not. Again, it goes back to psychological development. That's a whole different field. Um, through your stages, I think it's Erickson, through your stages of development where you're hitting milestones and you should be hitting this in 6 to 10, the the adolescent years and the young adulthood and the late adulthood, all those areas or stages of development are crucial yeah. to become um, a whole person physically, mentally, spiritually, discovering you know, your, who you are, your worldview, and, and how to choose a mate, you know, how to choose someone who, who's going who's to be in alignment with you and your beliefs. And, um, so, yeah, so that has to, I, I would discourage anybody getting married I mean, younger than 30. I mean. I agree. That's just, you know, I mean, come on. You, you got to be. Emotional maturity is so, so crucial. It sure is. Your spiritual, your uh, sexual maturity, you know. Um, again, I, that's a tough one for me because I have a daughter. Like, I want her to know what she likes, what she wants, what she's. But as a father, I don't want that. I don't know. Hell no. 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 <laughs> you ain't going to do what? No. No. <laughs> You're going to save it until that night. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going to experiment with your husband. Okay? You're not letting but nobody do no, anything until no, then. No. Well, that's not reality. I, I, mean, I wanted to be safe. I wanted to be healthy. Uh, I wanted to know if, you know, again, compatibility, that's not, it's not a thing, I don't think. Um, intimacy is how you become sexual, sexually uh, much, uh, compatible. Mm-hmm. Um, emotional connection. A spiritual connection is how you create that intimate and it turns into sex and and a love uh, love language and, and love making because there's obstacles you know there's little troubles gonna come that way too and then but if you have a, a good relationship and you're mature and you can solve that problem but yeah I know my daughter's gonna do her thing whatever <laughs> But whatever. Yeah. That's for a whole nother I'm, podcast. I'm going to for her right now. <laughs> Jesus, Lord, help me, Lord. Just <laughs> Pray for her. Please, <laughs> so tell everybody about your podcast and stuff like that. And we're going to go ahead and wrap yeah. it up. Uh, so my podcast is called, my whole company is called Relationship Run Back. Because I had to run my back. You know, you got to run it back sometimes, you know. <laughs> You're, in the, you're in, the, in the gym or something, you're playing a game. Hey, you know what? You lost bad. You got your ass whooped. Like the Lakers you last night, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got to run it back. So relationship run back. Let's run it back. Let's bring back hope and love to your relationship. And that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, I want to focus on couples, premarital counseling, um, and just have a genuine, genuine, I think, calling and God has given me gifts to, to be able to listen to people and then to, to understand the psychological world and <clears throat> how to help couples who, 
Well, I know. I can just take a look at you or have a conversation with you. I know where you're at. I know what's going on with you. I know what's how I can help you. Um, that's what I want to do. That's what I'm focused on, whether it's in his kingdom, it's in the world. Um, God will lead me to where he wants me to be, and I have uh, full trust and faith in that he'll do that. I love it. So, you guys, you heard it from Aaron, and I'm so happy that he was able to be on today. Um, don't forget to, uh, you know, check out his podcast. You can find him on YouTube. Um, I'll make sure that uh, the links and everything are available for you guys. Um, and thank you for joining us. So much appreciated. No, thank you for having me. I, I had a great time with you. It's, uh, I was, like I said, I was excited waiting to get on here and, and just, you know, just help out your listeners and, and hope I was a success at it. Oh, I'm sure you were. I'm, <laughs> not, I'm, like, I'm really excited to hear all the feedback from this. <laughs> all right, y'all. We are officially out. Have a wonderful day.